We are so excited to say that this season of Well and Good is brought to you by our absolute favourite honey brand, Mount Summers. That's right, Matt. So if you're looking for an all-natural sweet treat, then Mount Summers Honey has got everything from UMF Manuka to wonderful chocolate flavours and everything in between. Older guys, hope your morning is going fan. Well, could be, be any time could of the day time. that people are listening to this, my toots. <laughs> <laughs> hope your day is going well anyway. Yeah, hope your day is going well. And today we want to share with you another lovely. Oh, can we do this one again? No. Okay. Sorry, this intro is staying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm making no sense. Anyway, um, today we've got on the podcast B Dubs, as B-dubs. we like to call them. Do we? No, we've never called Ben him Warren. Ben, ben Warren. We've never called Ben Warren B Dubs before. I dare you to call Ben Warren B Dubs to his face okay. next time you see him. Okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, so we've actually had Ben Warren, aka B Dubs, on the podcast before. That was like way back when, when we were doing the podcast in our living room. It was one of our first ones. Today's podcast is hugely interesting. Ben is an amazing guy. Ben lives and breathes what he teaches. He lives in Hawke's Bay with his wife and kids. They have live on a 15-acre organic permaculture farm. He's all about living as close to nature as he can with the way that he eats. And Honestly, I feel like Ben is sort of our guru. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, I trust everything he says. I really yeah. do. And I love the way he lives. Like, that's what I want to have one day is a fully self-sufficient property, totally off the grid. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. fantastic. Yeah. What do we talk about today, Matt? Uh, we talked about a lot of things. We well, quite a lot around family health, so like covering pre-pregnancy, fertility through conscious conception, pregnancy phase, breastfeeding, and all of that kind of uh, jazz. We also talked a lot about optimal nutrition post-birth to combat postnatal depletion, which uh, has been linked to depression. So, so that was really, really interesting for me, especially. So yeah, we we kind of covered off a lot of that and. Uh, lastly, we did touch on something really close to our own hearts is we had a good chat about regenerative farming and supporting local farmers who are selling organic produce. And it was really cool to hear his take on that. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed the listen. Here's Ben. Be dubs. Okay. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Ben Warren. Thanks for having me. Thanks for ben having Warren, me. Ben Warren 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Last time we had this chat, we were sitting around our dining table in our yeah. house. Yeah. In our old house. Yeah. And now we're in a real studio real with padded studio walls and everything. And But it was a good chat last time. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground. But today is really exciting because we've got even more ground to cover. Exactly. So um, I guess a little bit of a background on you, Ben. You're a clinical nutritionist. Yeah. You are um, the founder and director of Be Pure, which is mm. a holistic health, um, I guess, nutrition-focused clinic yeah. Yeah. here in Auckland. Um, and that's been going for how many years? Uh, in well, probably fifteen since I since I started in like personal clinical practice, and it's kind of just grown up to be this bit of a bit of an animal now, mm-hmm. like a bit of a yeah, uh, in regards to probably probably New Zealand's largest natural health clinic. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, but it's been going a little while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've also got um, a range of supplements, which are I guess the most natural supplements that I've come across. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, which is, which is something that we, I mean, Matt and I have been using for the last few years mm-hmm. and love them. Great. Um, and you're also in the middle of doing your PhD, right? Yeah. How's hopefully, 
just over the middle now. Hopefully, okay. I'm over the, over the slump. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm three and a half years in. It's probably a five year five year deal, five year mm. five year degree. So uh, yeah, I've got a national trial running right now where we're treating highly anxious people um, with nutrients uh, to, to yeah to improve their anxiety. Uh, and so a little bit more complex than that. But anyway, it's it's really fun. Um, it's I'm into the fun stage now. I'm over the. It's still. Um, unbelievable amount of work. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable. And, and I'm you know, coming from somebody who's probably a recovering workaholic, um, <laughs> saying it's an unbelievable amount of work. It, it's a lot. It's of a work. lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> so when you say you're treating them with nutrients, you mean vitamins and yeah, stuff we're actually like treating them with zinc and B6. So I'm looking at a, a urine molecule. Um, metabolite that theoretically binds zinc and B6. So people have more of this molecule, they 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 lose a lot of their zinc and B6 through their urine. And, and so zinc and B6 are so vital for, for mental health that it, that it expresses as a range of mental health issues, um, specifically anxiety is one of them. And so, yeah, we're targeting uh, people with moderate to severe anxiety and, and doing a double-blind uh, treatment control of their anxiety using a placebo versus high-dose zinc and B6 and looking at their outcomes uh, regarding their anxiety and uh, yeah it's it's probably too early for me to talk about it but we're you know as a researcher we're already seeing some really exciting results so um yeah I'm not technically allowed to talk about it until it's published yeah. um but yeah I'm excited cool I can't <laughs> wait fantastic. to find out about that yeah well I mean it's also one of those things where I think I don't know whether people are talking about it more or it's just far more common that people are struggling with anxiety it's it's what do you think incredibly common I think yeah. um I think people are beginning, even with mental health and depression, I think people are beginning to actually be able to, it's getting more defined and people are more talking about it so that you actually then sit back and go, well, is that me? And, and you know, and and, and actually look and see. And, you know, as, as we know, we're all on this uh, uh, spectrum of mental health. So we all have good days and bad days. And, and um, you know, difference being this, of some of us, those days are weeks, months or years. And so, as you know, that's when you end up with a, you know, diagnosis. So, um, yeah, I think it's, incredibly common and and incredibly debilitating for people when they have severe anxiety you know uh, my last speaking tour we were talking about mental health and and you know every every night we would have people turn up who would come they've bought tickets but that they, they wouldn't be able to come into the room because their, their their anxiety was so high and oh literally they, you know that they'd, they'd, they'd come and go and just and then go sorry listen i can't come in i'm, I'm just going to go sit in my car and, and and so you know which was we had staff there to help them with that and and you know to, to support them um but you know like like every night, we, just about every night, we have people that really struggle to come into the room because of their anxiety. Obviously, you know, that's more of a social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people, people, you know, reporting. You, we just don't realize, you know, people reporting to me that, you know, they, as their anxiety gets severe, they have trouble going out because they just feel everyone's looking at them. Mm-hmm. And, and then, the, you know, the judgment and anxiety that comes from that. Um, and so, yeah, it's quite debilitating. So to be able to have a natural um, treatment without side effects, mm-hmm. um, that's what we're looking to be able to kind of show scientifically. Uh, we know we know there's a lot of research with zinc and B6 specifically for improving mental health outcomes. Uh, and so, but this is an actual treatment. So it's actually classed as a medication. Um, and so participation in the trial is via a referral from their GP. Um, so it's it's pretty it's it's a pretty grunty thing that we're doing. So hopefully, you know, in three years' time, I'd like to think that you know that would be an option for G, for GPs to be able to prescribe these high dose nutrients for people coming in with anxiety um, as a, as an alternative to pharmaceuticals. Because you know nothing wrong with pharmaceuticals, but sometimes you know coming off them is problematic, and there's side effects for a lot of people. So and it also would be good for the consumer to have a choice as well, mm. and and to just be a little bit more informed because. 
maybe some people would prefer a natural route, but they just don't even know yeah. where to start oh, or don't have the information to make a choice. So, yeah, yeah that would be very empowering for a lot of people. It That's will. Really exciting. It will. It's, so it is, it's really cool. And so, the, yeah, the PA, I've got to that part of the PhD. So the first, like, three years was research and ethics and getting through – um, yeah, sort of med safe side of things to be able to do all of this, which is just, it's pretty, pretty litigious as well. I'm not sure what the word is, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so now we're yeah. to the fun point and then I get to write it up and publish it, which is also fun. So cool. I it's can't wait to hear, to hear about that. Yeah. 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 So it's going well. And I'm sure, I mean, today we just wanted to have basically a general chat. I'm sure we're going to t- cover more um, and touch on the mental health side of things as we naturally talk about health. But um, we kind of wanted to talk to you a bit about family health today. And, yeah. Um, well, you know, stuff you're like kind that. of in, you're in, that, you've, well, we're you're in, in the trenches. Well. You're in, yeah. <laughs> you're we're in, in the well. trenches. I mean, it was like. Actually, I feel like we've, we've come out of the the first trench, which, which is that newborn mm, time, yeah. which is. That's, yeah, a that's, muddy, that's a muddy trench. <laughs> that's a muddy it's trench. hard to wade through. <laughs> <laughs> but you get through. Yeah, and now Milo's almost six months old, so I feel like we're, we're kind of coming out the other side. We're feeling a little bit more normal. We're kind of feeling like our, well, I. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a lot more like myself nice. now. Mm. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk to you about maybe fertility because sure. um, because I know for f- me personally, mm. I worked a lot with you guys for a, for a few years before we got pregnant. Yeah. Um, and I really believe that the fact that we were lucky enough to get pregnant quite quickly was because I had my cycle sorted. I was yeah. looking after myself really well. I had really low stress levels. So I, I had um, done hormone testing with you guys and I mm-hmm. had kind of got my hormones a bit more balanced. Um, so... Uh, in terms of fertility, yeah, what are some tips from you, like if someone is yeah. wanting to start a family? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think in the modern world, you know, fertility is is becoming more of a prominent issue. Like like people people are really beginning to struggle now in a big way. And there's a number of reasons for this. Uh, you know, from from the male side, there's some reasons around you know, sperm quality, mobility, things like. That. And then from the female side, um, you, you, one of our sister companies, Eve Health, that does a lot of hormone testing. So we've, you know, we've tested it. Uh, I think around a thousand women now in New Zealand um, doing you know, incredibly in-depth hormone testing. Uh, when I say hormone testing, we're looking at sex hormones primarily. Um, and, and and so we've we found that fifty four percent of women that we've tested are low low in progesterone. And so without progesterone, you know that basically means they're either not ovulating, or so there's you know, no egg there, you know, actually to be fertilized, or um, they haven't got enough uh, progesterone to to hold to hold a fertile egg. And what kind of things can cause that? Yeah, so stress is probably the number one. I mean, any nutrient deficiencies will do it. And when I, that's that's a broad statement. That's probably I don't know if that's true or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me back up on that. Um, we'll carry that yeah, one. Yeah, carry that one a wee bit. Uh, that may be true. I just don't know if it is true. So I shall back up on that. Um, but but a lot of nutritional deficiencies or, or inadequacies will mm. will will lead to that um, because you know what we're looking at is really a steroid hormone production pathway and there's a lot of cofactor nutrients that are required for your body to make these molecules um and so but but primarily stress is is one of the big factors because what's happening for many people is uh, in, in women their bodies are prioritizing survival over reproduction and so you, so in order to survive their body's making other hormones like cortisol which is your main stress daytime energy hormone and therefore um the metabolic reserve within your body to be able to make other steroid hormones like progesterone is it, probably getting 
impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I think stresses are got a, a, a huge role to play for, for right. women and fertility. And, and you know, when we talk about fertility, I guess we're talking about just having a, uh, a non-symptomatic menstrual cycle. You know, so you know, a, a menstrual cycle that really works works for the woman. So you know, no, no heavy bleeding, no PMS, comes and goes. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be um, maybe a little fatigue and things like that that are naturally associated with this change in the body, but but really not that 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 the symptomology that's that's causing an impact on your daily life. Mm-hmm. So when oh, I was just going to say, so when you talk about stress, are we talking mostly about uh, stress from like a stressful life situation, work situation? Is mm-hmm. it toxic stress from mm-hmm. food we're eating, mm-hmm. physical stress? from mm-hmm. like over-exercising? Mm-hmm. Is it all of it? All of that. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect not enough sleep, yeah, not enough sleep, drinking yeah. too much coffee, too much alcohol, not drinking enough water as Matilda takes a sip of water. It's well done you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so you're absolutely right. So all these things, you know, uh, potentially even prioritizing, this is, this, is, this is tough, but potentially even prioritizing body shape and body image um, over... Over internal health and well-being, so you know, get, getting hooked into um, hit training and and you know, I don't want to name specific training mechanisms, you know, like, but but getting into some really high intensity training, which is is again a stress on the body, and so and constantly can, can constantly be a bit doing much. that, you know, on top of getting up early, so you're only getting six hours sleep, and then on top of you know having an incredible career, on top of having an incredible social life. And so all of those things require uh, nutrient cofactors to build the hormones to be able to control your body to be able to do those things. And so, you know, for many people, for reasons that we've spoken about in the past probably, is that, you know, we're not getting nutrients from our diet to meet that metabolic need. Does that Mm. make sense? Yes. No, it definitely does. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So um, when – so you're saying that we're not getting the nutrients from – our food, sure, is that yeah. right? And yeah. why? Why is that? Well, yeah, it's a great question. So there's you know a number of reasons for that. Um, uh, mineral depleted soils is one reason. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know in New Zealand we've got a number of nutrients like selenium and and iodine that we you know we know very well documented that we're deficient in. So therefore they're, they're not in our food anyway. So even if you're eating the foods, we're not getting. And them. is that all organic and non-organic? Yeah, just yeah, absolutely. All of it? Yeah, although right. organic does seem to have more iodine, and that's probably because they use more seaweed fertilizers, which is a better source of iodine, a good source of iodine. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty pretty true for most foods. Um, and, and so then modern modern farming techniques. So you know with modern farming techniques, you're using a lot of nitrogen, um, which is kind of shrinking root growth. And so you end up with big plants, but they don't necessarily have the nutrients in. Um, so you end up with a uh, a big leak that that tastes like water. Mm. Doesn't so you can tell with you know with the fruit and vegetables. So there's mm-hmm. that aspect. Then we've got um, the fact that we're not necessarily eating the right foods. Okay, so we don't always make the best food choices, right? Yeah, we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, yeah, and, and so and so that that, uh, that aspect, and then we have the modern lifestyle, which is very much um, has this increased nutrient requirement or need. You know, it's not like you know couple of thousand years ago we would have been peasant farmers and we would have been farming and then we'd, we'd probably be sitting under a shady tree all afternoon and so our metabolic need for nutrients was lower whereas in the modern world you know we're getting up we're going hard at the gym we're going hard at work we're going hard at life right mm-hmm. because we want to you know, ring 
wring every drop of joy out of life and the happiness we can. So it's <laughs> like, how can I how can I do absolutely everything mm-hmm. and do everything full full call so mm-hmm. I can it's like efficiency is number one. Yeah, yeah. You know, just it's, how how do you fit as much things as you possibly can into your day? Totally. And it's like a competition to see who can be the busiest. <laughs> it oh is. I know. Yeah. yeah. Life's full. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting over that. <laughs> totally. I think, 100%. I think it's sort of reaching this tipping point where people are starting to realize that it's actually far more beneficial and fulfilling to be less busy (laughs) and to do less and to have more fun. Well, I feel like gone are the days because I think there was a real trend for a while of like all the top uh, business CEOs would be like, I get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, like I only sleep four hours a night, blah, blah, blah. But now we're we're seeing that that's actually not – necessarily the right thing like yeah. just because you put in more hours does that mean that you're working harder or you're going to be more successful is that coming at the cost of your health you know yeah. like what's more important here yeah uh, yeah for me you know going deep into sort of i guess the mental health area and and with in my own patterns with those things you know i i see them they're just a cover-up i'm just compensating for something like that i'm not you know like i'm not feeling enough or whatever so therefore mm. i'll just fill it up as much as i can <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. i can feel better or be numb or ignore it uh and which is you know just an addiction uh really yeah. mm. uh, and so it's just being aware of those things and trying to sort of unpack those things and having self-compassion for your Yourself, that you are human and not perfect and mm-hmm. and and so it, it's it, yeah so it's it's all it's all tied together it's yeah. All, yeah absolutely how do we get talking about that i'm not sure right so we got a little bit off topic but no, we were talking, we were talking it, about i like it. it was good it went on quite a fun yeah so we were talking about um fertility fertility oh, and right. problems with hormone levels and stuff like that so so and it came from yeah, you sort of stress. measured a whole bunch of um hormone levels in a lot of women about 50 percent of them were yeah deficient yeah. Um, or imbalanced. How then do you go about uh, – well, at first, I guess, how would people figure it, figure this out that they maybe do have an imbalance? Like, sure. Do they have to get a test? Can they sort of look at some self um, yeah, measures? Yeah, yeah there's, uh, I mean, at the BPO website, we have some some questionnaires that are, that are pretty pretty good at, at really directing people as to where they may be. Um, I, I guess the, to know for sure a, a test, you know, the EVE – Eve Health do a do a do a test where you can actually test you know it's a urine capture so you can actually see cool. which is which is you know really useful. How much is one of those? I think they're around three hundred. Yeah, yeah, and but it comes with a uh, it comes with the whole personalized diet and lifestyle plan to then balance your hormones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the value is actually actually in then what you then do to fix it um, for you personally as opposed to just getting the result. Um, and so. Yeah, and so then some of the things that you can start looking at doing is is really then start managing your diet and lifestyle. You know, so prioritizing sleep, um, meditating. Mm-hmm. All right, it's just trying to bring your nervous system down. Um, you know, looking at balancing your exercise. So exercising right for you as an individual, eating right for you. Um, so you know, I talk a lot about eating the right levels, and we can probably loop back around to this later when we talk more about nutrition and and you know the life cycle for women, I suppose, uh, through, through having a family. Um, and so yeah, all of these factors, all, you know, having enough nutrients, mm-hmm. uh, adequate nutrients. So, you know, and, and so all of these factors all contribute to this, to this picture. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And, and so then you fall pregnant, right? So yeah. then that's done. Then you're into the pregnancy phase. And, yeah. 
I don't know about a lot of other people, but I felt really awful during pregnancy. So I just the first trimester or like the whole way through? Probably for the first six months. Okay. I I felt pretty average, but I would be keen to know how to support your body through such a strenuous thing like pregnancy. Because it's a lot on your body, right? And um And I found that I had less, which is interesting because pre pregnancy, I was like, oh, this is like an even bigger incentive to eat organic and, mm-hmm. and eat as much nutrient dense food as I possibly can. Yeah. But when I was pregnant, I just didn't want it. You know, uh-huh. like I wanted. Probably just calories. Was it just, just calories? calories? Yeah. yeah. So just like, the energy. most amount of like a just a Kermit big fries. sandwich or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, something that's just going to fill me up, lots of food. Yeah. And so how can people best support their nutrition and their body through yeah. pregnancy? So I think the first the first step is is as you did you wonderfully is, is is before getting pregnant is is doing all that pre stuff. So that's you know balance because that, that's actually going to help you get pregnant anyway, right? Yeah. And so you know balance, getting your diet right, managing your stress, taking some good quality nutrients, balancing your hormones, your sex hormones, so your menstrual cycle solid. That's that's that you know that's setting you up to to get pregnant, which is great. Just mm-hmm. quickly on that, just with the menstrual cycle, how does like using contraception uh, like pill? The pill yeah. come into play with that sort of thing. Yeah, so the, the the contraceptive pill basically shuts down the menstrual cycle. So even though you know women will have a, a month, monthly bleed, it's actually not a menstrual bleed, uh, and and so there's there's no ovulation occurring, and so it can take it can take. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I only I only learned that a few years ago too. Which uh, and so it's kind of interesting, and so uh, well, it can take up a, up to a couple of years for a woman's menstrual cycle to really come back after coming off an oral contraceptive pill mm. um, and to come back and stabilize. And so uh, yeah, my advice around that is what we've seen clinically is, is do it sooner rather than later. So if you're thinking of having children in the next few years, that's definitely something you're going to want to start thinking about. And then definitely looking at um, using some kind of other contraception in the meantime while you're then preparing your body for for pregnancy. And so then how do you know that your menstrual cycle is back you know being normal again is it just yeah. like a regular cycle no symptoms yeah i think so that's that's going to be your best that's going to be absolutely best because a lot of women will be having a, a monthly bleed but they may not be ovulating right even though that they're not on the oral contraceptive pill mm-hmm. and so yeah they may not actually be ovulating and you can measure that and um, what happens at, a, at around day 14 um is the progesterone levels will exponentially go up over a couple of days and so that that only occurs if there's ovulation has occurred, right? If an egg's kind of been released um, wow. from the follicle, yeah. and, and so and so for a lot of women that doesn't happen. That the ovulate, you know, the progesterone just kind of stays. It, it's slightly elevated, higher mm-hmm. than normal, or normal, higher than in the first fourteen days. But it but it will kind of flatline. It won't get that exponential doubling of of progesterone, and that's really what you want to see is those mm-hmm. high progesterone levels. At, you know, around say day twenty two. And how would you cycle. know if you how, weren't testing it? How would you know is you're probably going to have PMS symptomology, right? Right. Yeah. So you can you, you can have you know uh, sim- symptoms uh, mm-hmm. that are associated with PMS, which are uh, from. Tender breasts, mood swings, mm. um, these kind of things. Isn't that interesting that 
as a woman, you kind of just grow up being told that PMS is completely normal mm. and that that these intense symptoms and some people say, oh, like I just get bad PMS or that's just how my body is because we think that that's completely normal. But it's, sure. but it's really not, is it? Those those kind of symptoms yeah. are not how we should be experiencing our period. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's true. That's, and, and that's actually what the research states as well is that, that a large percentage of women consider PMS symptomology to be normal. And uh, and actually in the research, they say that that's, that's actually not normal. Mm. Uh, but but it's so common mm. that it, that it's it, it is it's kind of normal. Mm. It's kind of like drinking coffee. It's yeah. so common that it's considered normal. Yeah, but it's not necessarily normal. Yeah, and not that I have anything against coffee. I don't know why I use that as an example. Yeah, I've yeah. already had mine today. Yes, no, have I. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, like I guess it's the same as alcohol. Like alcohol is essentially a poison, right? Mm. You know, but but it's such a normal part of so many people's lives that it's, been it's normalized. just it's been normalized and it's kind of glossed over the fact that you know, like if you drink a lot of it, you have you poison yourself, like you, you <laughs> yeah. vomit. You, and yeah, it's yeah, like, that's true. This Your body is will try and get rid of it. Kind of crazy that it's so normal for us. It's, you know, it's just so crazy that it's now not deemed not normal if you're not drinking at a party. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I, I choose. Yeah, I choose not to poison myself, and that's weird. How strange is that? <laughs> yeah, that is even stranger. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Um, okay, so going back to that, um, getting pregnant. So maybe like. Getting off the pill for like two years leading yeah. up to wanting to yeah, have kids. Yeah, so just lead, leading up, yeah. give, give yourself a, a, a really good lead up, uh, and then you're making definitely you know getting getting the nutrients you need. Obviously, you know, things like folic acid and iodine really really important for for protecting against um, genetic defects uh, in 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 your baby. Um, so mm-hmm. neural tube defect and, and the like. And so uh, and when you start thinking like looking at the requirement of the baby regarding nutrients of the fetus growing is it, it's huge. It's absolutely it's absolutely huge. So you know, making sure that you're getting those stockpiles in mm-hmm. and getting loaded up, ready to to then give them to the the fetal growth, and and things like omega three fatty acids, DHA is very very important for the baby's for the brain development. Vitamin K two is really important for um, sort of the the laying down of the bone structure very early on in the first six weeks of of, of conceiving mm-hmm. and so you know some of these things getting getting them on board obviously then now now obviously the research is now looking at getting the microbiome right and the, and then the birth canal the microbiome of the birth canal really good so mm-hmm. that then the baby's getting baby's microbiome's getting set up really well from the birth canal right from the get-go because that's you know as the baby comes down the birth canal that's its first inoculation of the external bacterial world which sets up the baby's microbiome which sets up the baby's immune system uh going forward and then we obviously mother Mother's milk and the mother's microbiome and the skin all mm. assists with that once the baby's out and up and up and crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crying for food. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, set, setting up, you know, trying to set these things up. So conscious conception, really. You know, and mm. I, I know, you know, you guys really went down that road looking at this in a conscious way. It's like, how do we, how do we set? Set ourselves up for success, mm-hmm. um, and then just from the men, the male side. Just talking about the, the male side. Uh, just before we came on, you were talking about how you heard some statistics in the US that like a third of third of males are, are kind of sterile, mm-hmm. and um, and and so it's you know some key things there. Vitamin D is really important. Um, uh, zinc's really important. Selenium's really important. All right, so there's some key things there that guys. So it's not just it's not just you know uh, you know. I know we don't do much when it comes to this whole baby <laughs> thing, generally. But uh, it's still needed. But you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but um, it's still you know, if, mm. if 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 a male hasn't got these things going on, then you know everyone 
I think it's quite a common misconception that people look to the female like, oh, you know, why isn't your body doing this when when it can be the guy? Mm. Takes two to tango. Yeah, it really does. And Mm. so, you know, that's why often with fertility, when we work for people with fertility, you know, specifically within the within our clinic, we'll, we'll get the guys to come in too. Okay, and the guys are pretty easy to sort. Invariably, you know, we, like we just got to give them some nutrients and things like that. Make sure their status is up, and and it's it's not too not too complicated. But um, but it's definitely it's just something for people to consider. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The the female hormone system is a complicated oh my beast, God. It's isn't it? Unbelievable! It's incredible. It's like and and as you as you were saying, as you know, as you, as you went through this pregnancy, the changes within your body, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I I just marvel at it. I'm like this this is it's, it's amazing. It's incredible incredible that you know mm-hmm. you go this other little little being and then it comes yeah. out and it's there the it same is. with with um breastfeeding i find amazing that your body produces enough to produce another person to, yeah. to, to grow another person and you're still and and i can still survive you yeah. know it's just mm. like where's all these other nutrients coming from that, that are going to him you know yeah. it's it's amazing. Well, they're coming from you, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is which is why you know, like, why supporting yourself. And I know you've done an incredible job on this. Uh, is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's a trial running at, actually at the University of Canterbury under Julia Rutledge uh, at the moment, where they're they're looking at treating de- mental health conditions, depression during pregnancy with high dose micronutrients. Wow. And obviously, the, you know, the results aren't in on that yet, but they're expecting their hypothesis is that 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 women will do better from the micronutrients with less depression and anxiety um, because then, you know, they're, they're kind of replacing what they're giving to the baby mm. or what they're giving to the fetus. I've, I've heard somewhere, I don't know exactly what it is, but um, the time frame around it, but like something about, you know, um, creating a baby, a woman creating a baby inside her body, which is just insane in itself. Um, it, that baby sort of like sucks all of these nutrients and minerals and everything mm-hmm. out of that female yeah. body yeah. that it takes a number of years until that that woman has then replenished all the stores that she had before she created that baby yeah i think there's definitely um so that's called postnatal depletion yeah uh, and so it literally gets depleted and so traditional cultures actually knew this so in many traditional cultures you weren't allowed to have um if you've had a child you weren't allowed to have a child for another three years Okay, so that was the, the like. So they kind of figured this out that if you have children before that, then you have complications and problems. Like, like just from experience, so like many tribes be like, "Oh, you had a child. That's it. You're not allowed to have another child for another three years." Yeah, and and so um, it was it was sort of like, and and also many cultures also had specific foods. Like in in Maridum, they would they would be uh, eat kina, mm. um, and and that's you know most likely for sp- specific nutrients, iodine. Okay, mm-hmm. which now you know we supplement iodine because we're not eating enough seaweed as a population, um, and or we put iodine in our in our salt. Like the government put iodine in salt because we you know we haven't got enough iodine as a population, and so yeah, I definitely think there's truth to that, um, and. and and that's exactly, you know, there's a number of people now, I guess, with Julia's work, sort of looking at this hypothesis around um, this po- postnatal depletion, uh, and then, you know, how do how do we get back to replete? Uh, and and I guess the challenge is it's kind of swapped in the modern world is is you know with professional women, invariably what they're looking to do is have their children as quickly as possible. So you go boom, boom, boom. So mm. you have three children under five, all right, and so that, so you can either get back to work get back to your career and then and then doing a nice block so they're all going through school together and it's kind of like a little bit more manageable whereas if you have them spread out then it, it's it is more disruptive to your your 
other life yeah. <laughs> as, as not as a parent. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in the modern world, and we, I see that a lot. Oh my gosh. I see, you know, women who have had multiple children in close succession and they're just on the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, Linda stopped breastfeeding Macy, our, our youngest, um, fairly, fairly young because it was, you know, it was, it, <laughs> Sorry, it's not, not, not a better way of saying this, but she just felt it was, she was getting the life sucked out of her. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, you kind of are. Yeah. yeah and literally. so she was just kind of like getting more and more tired and I, you know, I'm watching her becoming more and more fatigued. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, she'd already been breastfeeding for about a year and she was, you know, hoping to get to two years and, and we're like, you know what? She's doing pretty good. How about mm. how about we just you just rest up and and try and get some nutrients back in you and hold on to some of that energy so that we can mm. you know so you can so you can be yeah. healthy and and be here for them yeah. you know yeah definitely. Here's a quick message from our sponsors, Mount Summers Honey. If you fancy a change from processed chocolate spreads or you want to skip the high percentages of refined sugars found in jam, then Mount Summers has something for you and your family. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Matt. They have the first truly cosmopolitan range of flavoured honey with caramel, vanilla and citrus flavours to tickle your taste buds. And I have it on good authority that the next flavour to drop is chocolate. So boost up your breakfast, fix up that lunchbox or add a little twist to dips and toppings for ice cream. Oh, that sounds good. So to find them, you can ask for them by name in your supermarket or check them out online at mountsummershoney.com. That's M-O-U-N-T-S-O-M-E-R-S-H-O-N-E-Y.com. Just on the breastfeeding thing, what are, you th- what are your thoughts on um, how long is optimal for a Breastfeeding a baby, if all you know, all yeah. going to plan, and the woman. The yeah, if you're able to, no and obviously, yeah. there's a lot of factors in play there, and obviously, a lot, you know, some women are unable to, which is you know how it is. Um, I, th- I think the main thing is is breast milk is 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 such a fantastic source of those beneficial bacteria in the microbiome, and so getting it in is 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 important. They talk about two years, so that's why we sort of had two years in in our in our in our heads, Linda and I, um, and with Bella, we were able to do that. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, our our children go to a a Steiner school, so it's a Rudolf Steiner, so it's quite an alternative school. And some of the parents there kind of take it quite extreme. And so they'll, they'll be breastfeeding children that are older, and oh, I, I, yes. how old's older? Yeah, what yeah. are we talking here? Don't yeah. need to name yeah. names. How, how old are we talking? <laughs> are we talking ten? No, but we're like you know, like five or six. Oh, crikey! Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, which I I I I find even yeah. for me, I'm in a different world, I suppose. For most people, I find that quite strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's, it's so confronting child. because it's just you just don't see that every day. No. You know what mm. I mean? So so I guess like it's one thing breastfeeding a baby, but I guess it's another thing having the kid come come up to you and be like, Oi, you know, give me some milk. It'll be yeah. it'll be a bit kind of confronting. Yeah, isn't so it? I'm yeah. not sure. I, I, I you know that's <laughs> kinda of like outside my area of expertise, but you know, yeah. like, but it certainly triggers some um some social patterns within me that I sort of think, Wow, that's that's Yeah. Yeah. I'm but I get it though, that. because I'm like breastfeeding is so lovely and I love breastfeeding Milo and, and it kind of I think I'll be really sad when the day comes when I, I don't breastfeed him anymore. And like I already think about it now. He's only five and a half months old. But but I think like I'm gonna be really mm. sad mm. when that stops. And I think that must be why so many women are like, Well, I just won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I'll a just keep on bond. going. It is, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it, uh, surely it seems weird in our social constructs, but it's like, I mean, if it's it's the most 
nutrient like it's the best food for the human body right so like why not just keep feeding them yeah it is if it works when you think about that i've I've done a lot of uh thinking about milk because people go should we drink milk like Mm. you know like cow's milk right Mm. should be you know it's another mammal's milk and it's designed for a cow so should we drink it and and and, but you're absolutely right and so um when i i I used to do a lot of playing around with nutrient analysis software. So like looking at different foods and the nutrients and trying to design optimal diets for nutrients, et cetera. And what I found with milk was that it was the most complete food on the planet. So like cow's milk, for example. I didn't have breast milk on the on mm. the on the software, <laughs> uh, but anyway, cow's milk, and and so it was literally the most complete food on the planet in regards to you know balanced blend of minerals, vitamins, amino acids, fatty acids, and then but then when you think about that, you're like, of course it is. Yeah, like mm. it's it's like a it's mammal made to grow something. Yeah, a mammal grows like a baby calf grows really well, or a baby if it's breast milk grows. Mm. In, that's all it needs, mm-hmm. right there. Everything it needs is right there, and it? it's it's a complete food. So you're absolutely right. Mm. That, that, that it is an incredible, incredible food. Mm. Um, and so yeah, definitely breast milk. You know, f- for babies is in- incredible. Um, and then so the, you know, for me, I naturally then go, well, should we drink, be drinking cow's milk? And for me, it's like about whether you can tolerate it or not. If you can tolerate it, that's great. But a lot of people's immune systems can't tolerate it, in which mm-hmm. case don't. But it, it is an incredible food. Mm. And, and we are kind of evolved, designed to be the ultimate predator on planet Earth. And so we, we can pretty much eat anything. You know, we've got, a, we've got the hydrochloric acid of a mountain lion that we can eat, theoretically eat raw meat. And yet we've got the digestive length to break down complex plant fibers. And so we are the, we're the ultimate. Kind of top of the food chain. We are the top of the food mm-hmm. chain in regards to the variety of foods we can eat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, um, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say just on the milk thing. Hmm. Um, I've heard goat's milk is better mm. for us because it's sort of closer to the yeah the protein you're absolutely right yeah the protein yeah. structures naturally a2 and so that's it's a little bit uh it's much easier for our immune system to tolerate that protein structure that uh, a2 protein structure as opposed to some cow's milk a1 uh, although they're looking now to move the genetics sort of back to a2 within mm. cow's milk i believe so uh, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right so goat's milk um even sort of uh sheep milk ewe milk mm-hmm. um yeah. oh well surely we've got to We've got a bit of that around, you know, yeah. in New Zealand. Um, just, yeah. just quickly back to the um, five-year-olds. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I used to love that. Snow. I used yeah. to have that stuck in your head right now. <laughs> so, because it is kind of interesting that we find that confronting because we don't often see that in in society. But then wow. at the same time, that five-year-old could be drinking cow's milk, and it's like, yeah, totally. I mean, like it would be weird if the kid was drinking it directly from the cow, mm-hmm. but. They kind of are, you know. Yeah. So it's it's weird that they are still drinking breast milk, but it's not weird that they're drinking the cow's breast and milk. And that's just societal, right? And that's just societal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's It'd be really interesting, interesting to go back to traditional cultures and see what they were doing. And the chances are they probably were breastfeeding, yeah. you know, dramatically longer than we do in yeah, the modern probably. world. Probably. Well, and we were talking about um, postnatal depletion. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. Do you think that that contributes to postnatal depression? Oh, I, I do, absolutely, yeah. Mm. I, I've just seen it so many times clinically um, that once you start getting women replete with nutrients, they feel better. Mind you, that's not surprising because we know um, even people who are not deplete, um, so even people whose uh, nutrient levels in their blood, for example, are are within medical range. Mm-hmm. If you give them more, and say they're suffering from a mental health condition like depression or anxiety, particularly depression, if you then give them more nutrients, even though they're not even low, they will do better. So you then kind of couple it together with um, being depleted 
and it's kind of like a double whammy, you know. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Julia's actually Julia's research is is very clear on that. That that even when people have have good levels of nutrients in their blood, if they have depression, mental health conditions, giving them more nutrients, they do better. Mm-hmm. And so she's actually uh, not a fan of necessarily testing. She's just a fan of giving them more nutrients. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because you can't really go wrong. Yeah, you, it's you yeah, know the, 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 overdose. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, it's very difficult to. You know, you'd have to literally. You know, selenium is probably the most toxic, and you'd have to buy a specific selenium supplement and probably take thirty capsules a day for a period of time to get toxic. So it's it's you know most people wouldn't do that. Yeah, I you're not imagine. really. You're not generally. You're not going <laughs> to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so I I think that that probably coupled with the modern career woman having a baby, mm. and you only get a certain amount of time off, and the dad gets you know hardly any time off. Yeah, mm. and so then you're essentially by yourself, and it's made me feel very lucky that that we both work from home most of the time. We can both be there because yeah. I think like it's not easy. It's n- not easy doing it by yourself. No, you that's know? right. So and- that com- combined with you and know, do you have depletion. family close by? You got fa- any family close by? Or? Yes, yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's huge too. You know, like yeah. the, 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 my my parents uh, actually live next door, and 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 so, which is very very lucky. That's so but, handy. but yes, it's because it, you know prioritizing. You know, we're talking about food and nutrients for sort of recovery post baby, but then there's all the diet, the lifestyle factors. You know, the, the lifestyle factors are huge, like sleep. You know, just getting adequate sleep. I mean, you know, you just had sort of six months of sleep deprivation, probably both of you. And 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 so, you know, it's just mm. being able to sleep when the baby's sleeping. And making the food is is yeah. hard because usually if you want nutrient-dense food, you usually have to prepare it yourself. Absolutely. And when you've got a newborn, that's not easy. No. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you're, you, you know, you're both highly skilled people and, and, and even then you, you're saying it's not easy. So, mm-hmm. you know, like for other people who, you know, aren't necessarily haven't got their lives quite as set up as you guys do, mm-hmm. um, it, you could it's almost really say it's almost, almost yeah. impossible, right? It's, yep. it's very, very difficult to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because if your husband is back at work or, or partner or whatever, if they're back at work and you're at home with a newborn, mm. you know, I don't know where you're going to find that time to yeah. to prepare the food. You I know, like it's not simple. That was I felt like that was my main job um, during the first. I mean, actually, for preparing the first, and feeding me. Yes, since since <laughs> since yeah, Milo was born, it was so like cool. actually just like being your personal chef and making sure you're healthy. <laughs> yeah. That um, is so cool. So that just co- makes me feel warm and fuzzy right mm. there, mate. I'm that, very lucky. That's, very yeah, lucky. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you were feeding me. I was feeding Milo. Oh. Yeah. The cats are feeding themselves. <laughs> And then I'm just fasting. So what were we just talking about before that? Um, oh, yeah, we I want talk- to touch on the sleep thing. So yeah. um, an interesting thing, oh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on sleep and how people can improve that and work yeah. on that sort of stuff. But one thing I did um, for the first I, th- I don't know. In the first like few weeks that Milo was around, Milo was with us born. Um, I cut out coffee for the first week. I was like quite grumpy. I don't know if you remember. And did you get that. headaches? Headaches too? Or I not? didn't. I luckily oh, didn't nice. get any headaches. Um, but, but you I, were noticeably different. Yeah, I was. I was. Hey, I was. I was definitely grumpy for the first <laughs> week, and then the second week I was fine. I think I cut it out for about three weeks, and but the reason I did it was because. Um, of what you just said about napping when the baby naps, so yeah. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to nap when he napped. Uh, so and I and I could. So I was like, 
It was. A, uh, I'm really pleased that, nice. I, that I did that at the start. Was cutting out coffee. Mm. Yeah, that's that's that's. It's it's just so important because otherwise, otherwise you start getting massively sleep deprived, and and you know, yeah. as we know, that's not going to go well. Yeah, it's just a horrible cycle that's really hard to break. I think when you're, you know, you, then you wake up because you're tired, so you have another coffee, and then maybe have another coffee midday, and then that sort of makes it harder for you to sleep at night, and then you yeah. start the whole thing over again. Okay, so back to sleep. How can people sleep better? Yeah, sleeping better, um, good routines, sleep hygiene, you know, so like trying to wind down in the evening, you're being mindful of caffeine, um, you know, being mindful of blue lights and things like that, uh, stimulating nervous system, exercising late at night, eating stimulant foods, alcohol, sugar, um, obviously coffee we've spoken about. Um, and really the key is getting the nervous system down uh, and relaxing and then actually prioritizing sleep. So, you know, I think a lot of people in the modern world, uh, we're, we're very busy, as we've spoken about during the day, um, and we sometimes are, are busy not necessarily for ourselves. You know, we're busy, say, like, like for me, if I'm at home, uh, you know, you can get the kids up, you get the kids to school, then I'm into work, and I'm work, 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 and I finish work, and then it's dinner time, and then it's helping kids with homework and reading to them, getting them into bed, and then at 8.30, you kind of get your life back again, mm-hmm. right? And so you have them from 8.30 <laughs> to whatever. precious time. Yeah, you have from 8.30 to whatever time you go to bed. That's actually your day. And, you know, within that 8.30 to the time you go to bed, you want to reconnect with your partner because you, you really, you know, you've been passing ships the, in the night or actually during the day you've barely seen each other. Mm-hmm. And so you want to reconnect with them. So, you know, there's an hour. And so then you're at 9.30 and, and then so you want some leisure time. And so, you know, that's, oh, hold on, let's watch Netflix, all right? Because that's, that's your leisure, that's, you know, that's your me time. Mm-hmm. And so then we watch Netflix. So, so unfortunately, our leisure time eats into our sleep. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's kind of, I think the first step is just being aware that, and being okay with that, that, that you know, we, we want to do something for us in our day and ourselves and, and that, you know, watching Netflix show or whatever it is you like to do in the evening and, you know, sit and play a guitar or something is, 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 is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being also mindful that, you know, when you've then decided to watch the third episode in that one night. <laughs> Looking at you, Matt. <laughs> then, you know, you are eating into your sleep and mm. your leisure time is is extended. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think it's just really looking at that side of things around the psychology of, of, of that. Because for me, that is the, the underlying reason why people aren't going to bed early is because either they've got things to do, they're still working. A lot of people then do their family accounts at that time at night because that's the only time they can do it. You know, they've got the quiet There's time. only so many hours in a day. Yeah. There is. And so it's just kind of like looking at these things and trying to find the underlying cause as to why you're not sleeping. And if you can then deal with that underlying cause and find another way of, of, of making yourself feel better through the day or just you know, being grateful for having a job mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and bringing a lot of gratefulness to your day, then at night you tend not to want to have to nourish yourself with, with alcohol or, um, or Netflix mm-hmm. uh, because you've been nourished through the day because you've been just incredibly grateful that you've got a job. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and that's not always easy to do, of course. Um, but I think, you know, looking at those psychological aspects is, is going to be a key and, and then really trying to, you know, 
And, and then there's, there's tools as well, sorry to go another way. Another way, you know, some of these sleep apps and things like that are really useful. Some people really need that biofeedback around how they're sleeping and then they kind of get into the momentum. It's like a, a Fitbit for walking. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you get into a momentum of, oh, I'm doing my 10,000 steps a day. And so you go, oh, you know, I'm on, I'm, on a, I'm on a roll. I've had, you know, eight hours sleep three nights in a row. I want to try and go for four. And it gives you, you know, a sleep quality. You're waking up or oh, congratulations, you're above 90% this morning regards your nervous system because you've slept so well last night. And so like you can, you've achieved something. Yeah, you, yeah, you can actually then get some positive feedback around what you're doing regarding your sleep. And so that can also help shape behavior. Mm, it's mm. it's interesting. I guess I've learned a bit about sleep from Milo because if I want him to go down for a nap, uh, like I do a lot of wind down time with him. So nice. I calm him down. And so, so we like stimulate him for ages and we have heaps of fun and we laugh and play and stuff. And then before nap time, I, I try and just be as calm as I can and we just chill out for a while and we have some cuddles. And it's just, I guess that's not different from adults to to, to go from like stimulation, stimulation, mm. and then expect our, our body to just shut down straight yeah. away. Yeah. You know, it's... That's exactly right. Yeah. So he has, has taught me a lot about that. I've been like, right, I need mm. to apply this to my life. <laughs> so how have you been doing that? With him? So, no, 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 with you. Oh, with me. Yeah. So at... At night, I try and not mindlessly scroll on Instagram because I know that that kind of lights up, wakes so. me up, and, yeah. and it kind of gets my hormones going. I don't know; it gets something going. We've, um, we've yeah, we've we've just recently um, put a timer on our Wi-Fi so that it switches off at nine o'clock at night, so yeah. we can't, well done. so we don't yeah. go on our phones after. I nine. like that. Is it yeah. an actual? Sorry, yeah. specific actual wall, like yeah, it's like a light time, yeah. and then it comes back on at seven a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So so that it is a great stops hack. all all the. EMF during the night, yeah. you know, which I guess is going to cut down quite a bit in the long term, especially with Milo. And I do do that. We we try and keep the lights pretty dim, so to just Fantastic. use lamps during the during like as soon as it gets dark. And I've noticed that it's just really nice for me, like calming music. We put, put like jazz on, like nothing too crazy. Yeah, and it's just really Can nice. Read? Yeah, read, and it just makes me feel calm and like it's nighttime and it tells my body that it's time to just get ready for sleep and it's great. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's fantastic. Well, yeah, well done. I, I find I struggle with it when I, when I travel like in, in Auckland now and I just find the stimulation of Auckland. And the, hotels. The noise, like, the hotels, the lights, even the light coming into the room. That, that you know, really impacts my sleep. So when I'm in yeah. Auckland, I, don't, I invariably don't sleep very well. And then, you know, even if I do events after the event, you know, even though I might finish talking at 10 o'clock, I, I can't get to sleep before one invariably. Yeah. And so even though I'll put my legs up the wall and I'll do belly breathing and I'll do some meditation, mm. and my nervous system is still like, Because <laughs> doing something so intense like that, like that that'll get your adrenaline going, oh, that'll does. get you all hyped buzz. up. It, you know, that's a, a big thing to do just before bed. You yeah, know? it is. It, it, it takes a, a while for your body to calm it's, down. And, uh, it, it does. And so you, you, you know, you have to be mindful of that, obviously, and, and build that in with everything else. And you make sure your diet's better. And, and, um, you know, maybe like for me, I won't, I won't, the type of exercise I'll do will be more yoga. Okay. Mm -hmm. And things like that, as opposed to, you know, say, say going hard in the gym, lifting weights or something. So it's just kind of like getting that, that balance a little bit more. Yeah. Mm. No, that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. Some things that I use to help me sleep when I'm, I, every now and then I go through phases where I just don't, it takes me like an hour to get to sleep. Um, and so when I'm going through phases like that, some things I do are, uh, yeah, I like to read at night, but also I've got a little, I've got a Shakti mat, which I, oh, nice. so I'll lie on that for like 20 minutes and listen to a meditation track, like a guided meditation. Sometimes I'll just fall asleep on the Shakti mat. Um, 
and I'm just like almost every time. Yeah, I say almost every time. So the sanitizing mat works really well. Man, it's yeah, 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 that combined also with a cold shower before. Before oh, doing that, yeah. Um, it's really interesting because both of those things you would think would stress your body out a little I bit. I know. So the cold shower, I think the idea behind that is it actually helps to reduce your body temperature. Um, oh, yeah, because that's really important for sleep. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of huh. why I do that. I like it. Mm. So it works well. Mm. I to try I the cold shower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. But it works. Mm. Um, shall we touch a bit on nutrition? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So eating, eating right. Yeah. So... It can be very confusing for people because obviously there's like a million different things out there saying yeah. this is the right diet, that's the right diet, carnivore, vegan. Yeah, or carnivore. even that even that you need to be on a diet. You know, it, totally. Yeah. Um, well, the the word diet has has kind, a lot of, con- kind of connotations in itself changed. Hey? Yeah, exactly. So, in terms of how you eat, because we've been lucky enough to have dinner at your house, right? And we were amazed at your vegetable garden. Right. It's like. It's next level. Yeah, tell, it's paint, incredible. Paint a, paint a picture of where you live. Yeah, I live <laughs> in a very, very lucky person. I live in, so yeah, we've got a 15-acre permaculture-designed organic farm where we grow about 80% of the food we eat. So most most of the carbohydrates, you know, in regards to fruit and vegetables, we grow. Um, and so this year, actually, it's been epic. Um, our avocado trees have just got up to size. And so uh, one of my daughters counted 256 avocados on one of our trees. And it's not that big, wow. but it's so it's just like avo smash. It's amazing it's that just, she kept counting. I would have given up. Yeah, like, oh, you know what? There's a few hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, have you counted that one? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Is there any way that you can you, can you like – you can't freeze avocado, or can you? I don't know. How do you make that last you for keep a year? On the tree. I don't know how you're going to do it for a year. <laughs> but, uh, but they keep on the tree really good, and the neat thing is you pick them, and, and then they, they ripen, actually. It's one of the rare things that ripen off the tree. Mm. And so you pick them, and then within about 10 days they ripen, and, and they're actually very, very yummy. Um, and so they're actually you kind of like you get in a roll of picking a couple every day so that then in 10 days' time you've got a couple ready. Mm. Uh, and so anyway, so, we, yeah, we, we, we in season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we basically whatever's ready in the veggie garden that's that's our base carbohydrate for food um, for our meals mm-hmm. um, and so you know at this time of year it's a lot of salads right summer right now right now when we're recording this and we're coming into autumn so you know I'm, I'm beginning to look at the pumpkins going yeah pumpkin soup's coming uh, yeah and so and so yeah we very much eat in season um, trying to eat fresh natural whole foods as much as possible um it, it is organic um you know we're growing it ourselves but you know you don't you don't need a lot of space to do this you can do it yourself you know anyone you know we've got a linda my wife loves veggie gardening and so that's kind of her thing um and so but you know even just having in if you live in the flat you can always have a you know have, have a have some greens out on the balcony um and yeah and, mm. and kind of so the, and then there's some, at least eat some quick greens that you can even put under your under your eggs for breakfast or in a smoothie and so i know you guys have like you know in your new place been installing i've been seeing some pictures not so much in the last few months but prior no, to that there we've, was, we've been a little busy yeah. <laughs> yeah, <there's a> little <laughs> busy here but we're coming out the other side and now we're getting onto the veggie garden now yeah, well, I'm just about to construct a a decent sized veggie garden. Are you? Because yeah. I know you, you put in you put in some there, and you had your chick, chickens and stuff. We did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we actually yeah. we we rehomed our our chooks. We too did. noisy, or were they? they no, no it, there was just a lot of. Um, okay, so I would get up in the morning, 
So Maddie was pregnant. <laughs> I can tell there's a story behind this. And so, and so I'd go and make Maddie a smoothie to hopefully um, get that down her before she threw up. <laughs> and then I'd feed the cats. And then I'd go out to the chooks and I'd feed the chooks. And then I'd catch each one of the chooks and I'd demite them with this oh, powder. Yeah, mites, yeah. And then there was one. Diatomaceous that, earth. Yes. Diatomaceous earth, chickens. Yeah. Then there was one who had a, a foot abscess. So I'd catch that one, soak its foot for 10 minutes <laughs> oh in, this, in this liquid. Oh, then I'd feed it an antibiotic down its throat and like massage it so it swallowed. Then I'd go inside and like if I had time, maybe I'd feed myself. And they then they stopped laying. So they they're because they're old chooks and so oh, yeah. they stopped laying. So we were like, We what, got what the are we doing? worst chooks. Really. And they didn't really give much back to us, you know, they didn't sort of purr or want <laughs> want to be patted. So we just felt like the the amount of work yeah, that, that you were giving to them, we didn't get a lot of return in yeah, terms of no. eggs, which is like the one thing that we wanted them for. Exactly. So we rehomed them, but I did specifically say in our local community page, I said they're not to be eaten, they should go to a home that, are, yeah. that they're gonna be looked after. And this Good. lovely man came came cool. to eat them and take mm, them to the Yeah, and I think he was a he's a butcher, isn't he? <laughs> he's yeah. not a butcher. <laughs> he's not. Um, anyway. yeah, so well, it's shots. understandable. The last, you know, <laughs> yeah. six months you've had. A, had I didn't want to be responsible for keeping those things alive up. as well as no. the yeah. other animals. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's that's fair enough. So, yeah, um, yeah so so we, we, we're lucky right now. We've mm. just all got the veggie garden going real big and going and getting lots of food. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like the, the base aspect uh, for nutrition. And and for me, when you look at nutrition, it's. Um, and I've definitely fallen into this this category um, through the years. Is you know, there's there's a lot of ego around diets and nutrition. So like you know, people and it's very much tied into people's identity. Like you know, if somebody's a keto, keto or even now carnivore, it becomes like, their thing. It becomes their thing, or even you know, vegan. Yeah, it's it's like it, your identity is looped into this way of eating. Um, and so for me, I, I would really love to see moderation be the new extreme diet. <laughs> yeah. Because you have all these extreme diets. Are you going to be vegan? Are you going to be carnivore? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's have moderation be an extreme diet. And I think that <laughs> takes anxiety out of food as well because as soon as you label yourself or restrict yourself in some way, even mm. with a label, I think it does create even just a little bit of anxiety. So Absolutely. For example, like if you're a vegan and you have a salad and you find out that it was you know, cooked and I don't know chicken broth or something. Yeah. Then there's anxiety around that. There's anxiety around going out for dinner with friends who aren't vegan, and, and you have to figure out what to order. It's like all of these things contribute to just a little bit of stress. Absolutely. You know, whereas like if we just let it go a little bit and stop labeling ourselves yeah. with everything, you know, I think it would make our lives just a lot easier. Easier and stuff. So eat, a, you know, eat a whole food. You know, eat as whole food diet as you can. Whole natural foods that make you feel full the longest, um, and do that eighty percent of the time. And then I would just recommend taking a high-quality multivitamin and a high-quality fish oil mm-hmm. just to then cover cover the basis. I, I actually think – and then manage stress and sleep and drink water. But, you know, so, so some, some other essentials. Yeah. But, um, but I actually think if, if you can just do those things 80% of the time, you're going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're going to be pretty healthy. You're going to be resilient, manage stress. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I've actually – kind of come to that so i went through the whole you retrain in nutrition you become super anal and i mean i used to if it wasn't organic i wouldn't eat it mm. which i would, wouldn't be able to eat right now because i travel so much so you, you can't it's mm. so hard but uh, yeah but you know it was so much stress around food 
Mm. Um, the, and then you wonder that, you yeah. know, is it worth it? Yeah, it's more then, stress from, exactly. from from worrying about the food than actually just just, just eat the croissant. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like and if that's going to make you feel good and, yeah. you know, if that's going to... Exactly. The negative effects of that stress on your body physiologically could definitely outweigh the negative effects of the actual nutrients mm. On, mm. on that food you're eating. Yeah, I believe so. I, yeah. uh, mm. And so these these days for me, it's, it's you know, really... Uh, trying to loosen things up and just do and just do the essentials nicely you know most of the time yeah. and 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 I think people are going to go and so you can certainly you know I still talk a lot about fine tuning your diet to fe- be full for a long period of time so that you so eating adequate fat and protein to stabilize your blood sugar levels and and I mean for for people who want to get into that next level of layer of detail it's certainly there for them mm-hmm. um and you know they can find that on the BPO website but at the end of the day it's like actually making it easier, especially for mums. Because mm. as you know, mums are busy. Yeah. They're flat out. Yeah. They're already tapped out. Actually. I don't have time to think about a diet. I just no. want to get the food in me and I yeah. want it to be good, healthy, fill me up so I don't have to worry about and it until next time. And and taste amazing. And it know? doesn't, yeah, and it doesn't, it, you know, six months, but it doesn't get any easier. I mean, our girls are nine and 12 and, and Linda's still flat tack, mm. you know, like like life's just full. It's just a different stage. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so, you know, the more that we, we find that with a lot of our clients now um, and a lot of, you know, our, our clients that take our products, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of them are mums and we're, we're actually trying to take stuff out of their space. How do we make this easier for you to feel better? Mm. Not not make it impossible for you to feel better, not kind of like make you wrong for having that coffee um, you know, how, how do we just make this easier for you to feel better? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it's a very different way of um, kind of looking at it. And, and, and I guess we, I've, we've come to that and I've come to it through being comfortable in our, my own skin around what I know about nutrition. So I'm not having to kind of bolster my ego, I suppose, by saying you've, you've, this is, you've got to eat that or you, that's mm. it. Just, yeah, being a bit more relaxed about it. Yeah. Well, we actually, one thing that I would be interested to hear your opinion on is because um, Art and I have been doing a bit of research or, or just finding finding out a bit about regenerative farming yeah. and, and how, how that can potentially save the planet, really. Yeah. Um, so we'd be interested to know your take on regenerative farming. Yeah. And do you, do you think that... That is the way forward. Yeah, I think. Um, I think in regards to oh my gosh, that's such a big question. It's a, yeah. it's yeah, a yeah, huge, no, no, so I love question. it. I love it. I, I mean, um, I'm very lucky. I have some friends who are some of the sort of uh, Nicole Masters, who's who's actually just written a book, and mm-hmm. she's actually just going to do a blog, uh, blog post for us exactly on regenerative farming. So. Um, and so, yeah, you may want to actually. Yeah, yeah we, we were just looking at each other, thinking oh, a potential guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, she's incredible. And so, um, and obviously, what we tried to do with the farm was exactly that, um, to a large degree. And so, I think that's certainly the future of of farming. And farming needs, for me, needs to be a lot more integrated in rather than um, monoculture, needs biodiversity. Mm-hmm. And, and we just kind of get a lot smarter around using nature for us rather than working against nature. And so that's obviously what regenerative farming does. I just think that, that um, I don't know whether this is a pessimistic view of the world or whatever, but uh, right, even right now, I think you, you have to be wealthy to eat well. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's a real shame. 
It's mm-hmm. un, it's it's crazy. It's unfortunate, but even like you know, right now, um, if it's 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 much cheaper to eat rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> calories, you know, cheap calories are cheap, and so um, I think in the future, only only as it is right now, only the wealthy are going to be eating real food. Mm. You know, I, I you know, with the way that stem cell growing is going and three D printing steaks, um, we're going to have animal proteins that are literally made in the lab and they're going to be three D printed. And so this is coming very, very quickly. Um, You know, probably within the the next decade, we're going to be seeing 3D printed steaks at uh, a fifth of the price Mm. of of, a conventionally grown steak by an animal. So it's going to be much cheaper to to have 3D printed steaks and things than it is to be. And so only only the the truly wealthy people will be have eating a steak from a cow Mm. or or cattle. Um, And and so. yeah, so I, I, I'd love to think that this maybe that's going to help. You know, maybe because you know people go, you know what, I'd rather eat that steak than 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 kill an animal. Yeah, um, and and so you know, maybe that will actually help the regenerative movement, and then you, we can then integrate um, animals into the carbon cycle with with crops. Um, and have that full integration. So that's exactly what we were doing with animals. That's why we still have animals on the property primarily. It's because you use the animals to, like with the pigs, what we'd do with the pigs, we'd, we'd pen them in and they would dig up dig up and fertilize an area. Mm-hmm. And we would then move them to the next area and then we'd plant pumpkins in that area. Right? Makes so much sense. Yeah, and so they, they were doing all the hard work. They were digging it up. They were fertilizing the soil. Um, they were decompacting the soil, and then you can plant and, and get crops. And so, and then, and then you come around, and then you can put the pig, pigs back in after you've got the pumpkins, and they clean up, clean up the paddock. Mm. And, and so, so you, you want to then start looking at ways to to integrate animals into 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 the farm structure. Um, and so, I definitely think you know that is that is a way forward. But I think there's going to be lots of solutions that we need yeah. going mm. forward. Um, as 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 we start looking at the realities of feeding eight plus billion people yeah. on a limited resource planet, yeah, mm. kind of terrifying. I reckon. So, just on the the flip side of the pessimistic coin, I reckon that um, people are going to start tuning into the realization that regenerative agriculture is a huge way forward from a. Um, well, both an ethical but but predominantly, you know, a sustainability point of view being that soil health is such a huge factor in um, being a sink for CO2 and, yeah. and um, I guess, pos- positively changing climate change. Absolutely. And I think then that, like, um, yes, at the moment, it's only, um, you know, people who can, aff- yeah, wealthy people that can afford to eat organic yeah. um, and, you know, foods like that. And I think then that... I think that it's people like that that it's it's their responsibility to try and encourage that whole movement and to buy that and to buy organically. If you can afford it, if then you do can, it. If you can afford it, then you should be doing it because yeah. not only is it going to be better for your health, yeah, but in supporting the farmers that are buying that are producing that food, then they're going to build mm. that whole industry and then bring the whole cost of the production of that food down so that more people will be able to afford it. Yeah. And then the cycle will just keep going and building and building. So that's, that's what I I love that too. Man. Yeah. And that's that's how I try and live my life. So I agree completely with you. And I think um you know every time we spend a dollar, we're voting. Forget mm. this thing that happens every three years. Mm-hmm. Like 
Oh, you it's know, not like, even doing it, 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 you know, <laughs> they're not that different anyway. in My eyes, you know, like they're pretty yeah. much doing the same thing. Um, although Jacinda's, I love Jacinda, but anyway, mm. that's a side note. She's just incredible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's down to us. Yeah, essentially, it's down to every the time we spend a dollar, we're voting. We're saying this is what I want to grow in the world. And mm-hmm. every time we take our dollar away from a company, we're saying, you know what, we're not supporting you and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, that's uh, you know, I love what you're saying there, Art, because that's yeah. that that is exactly it with food. Is every time you're going, you know what i am going to spend and support this farmer um and yeah mm-hmm. it's it, it, like for me even even so much so that when i go on tour i love to go into the local community and spend some money yeah support them <laughs> support yeah. them like support those little shops that are there because you know that's that's like otherwise they're supporting me their local people are coming to my events and 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 you know like so i, I want to support them back mm. uh, and and so being very mindful around where we where we spend money, um, I think is 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 if yeah, is is one way forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, um, oh, we've already asked you our yeah, final no, question in the last podcast. Yeah, I, I thought we? we were dropping this question anyway. We need to I come know, up with but a new we question. haven't thought of a new one. Ask well, me again. I might have a different answer. I don't know. Well, I, I, wanna, okay. no, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, firstly, I want to know actually just a practical kind of thing. Um, are there any sort of books? that you love that you'd recommend to people they can be just books that you really enjoyed reading they can be novels they can be learning oh my books gosh, yeah. anything worth noting or podcast or audio book yeah and or- podcasts yeah oh my gosh all right you're going to have to narrow it down a bit more into subject into subject line okay um, um subject line could be okay books on health uh, yeah, <laughs> books on health, oh, no, nutrition, no, nutrition. Uh, uh, yeah, books, books on nutrition. Probably nourishing traditions by Sally Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a Western name. It's a kind of a traditional cookbook. That would be an absolute. Um, yeah, uh, the D- disease delusion by. Um, can't believe it's bland. It's his first name. I can't believe. That's right. We can Google that. Yeah, yeah. the least. Well, we've got the name delusion. of the book yeah. anyway. So yeah, that's. We can find um, it pretty easily. I'm still, it's still bugging me that I can't remember his name. Anyway, it will come to me. Uh, and so, yeah, th- those those would be a, a couple of really, really good books, um, yeah, to, to sort of like around health and nutrition. These days, um, most of my nutrition work is based in research. Mm. So like when I'm reading stuff in, in on nutrition now, it's, it's 99% research-based. So I'm sure. just reading research. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a pile of research that people can't see, but maybe like it's like two inches, three inches that, that I'm due to be reading, make notes on it. So that's kind of like I'm consuming research in that way. So that, um, so the nutrition. Um, and then I, I'm re- I've, I've just read Michael Singer, the, the Surrender Experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he also wrote Untethered Soul. Which, oh, yes, I've which, heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, which is absolutely in- incredible. And so that's more of a kind of a – a spiritual text around um, surrendering to the universe. So in his in his early twenties, he um, he he decided that he was just going to surrender to whatever the universe wanted him to do and just do that. And so, like, if somebody came to him and said, "I would like you to do this," even though he'd personally be going, "I don't want to do that," he'd go, "You know what? Universe has put you here. Let's do it." And so he's followed this philosophy through his whole life. He's now in wow. his sixties, and he built like a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar business, surrendering to whatever the universe said do. He would just so literally, you know, like the universe. He said, like, yeah. Uh, so, like early on in the piece, 
some somebody came to him and said, uh, and he, he's like a hippie who's just meditating and living out in the forest on his own, and that's all he wanted to do. That's like, mm. that's like no, that's what I want to do. And he's like, I'm going to experiment with just whatever the universe brings to me, I'm going to go yes to. And so then a, a, a university professor was like, we really need somebody to teach this class at the university. Will you do it? And he was like, his initial reaction was like, no, I, w- <laughs> I want to meditate in the forest. I don't want to be teaching a, a local tech. Mm. And he's like, I oh, don't know, but the, the universe. And so that, and, and so he, his life just followed. And so the book is his wow. autobiography of the surrender experiment and, and how he went through life and ended up, I mean, and, you know, egotistically it's very appealing that he ended up running a billion dollar company right so from doing this which obviously for most of us that's not going to probably end up that way Mm. um but but uh maybe it will end up just meditating in the forest on your own which is where he started yeah but uh uh, (laughs) he might go the other way but it's you know i i I found it um a profound book at this stage in my life um in, in in regards to helping reduce stress because you know, obviously, with with Be Pure and the Be Pure Group and the companies, you know, we've just raised money last year, a lot of money last year, and you know, we're, we're growing and we're going international, and there's all this stuff going on, and there's a lot of decisions to be made, and there's opportunities here and there, and you and you, and you start going, oh my god, how am I going to make? What's the right decision? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anxiety and stress associated with that. And so, um, so it came a really good time in my life over Christmas. I read it that, that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try that. So even though, like, even though that my mind and the ego is like, no, don't do it. Mm. I'm like, this could be fun. Let's yeah. go see what. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's becoming go. a yes man. Yeah, becoming a yes man. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah. No, that's, so may, maybe that will resonate with some of your yeah the surrender experiment, uh, Michael Singer. That's that right now. That's uh, yeah. That's kind of oh, that sounds book, awesome. Book yeah. of the month for me. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, should we do that as our last question? I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Could, well, oh, let's just ask the food one anyway. So if if you could have three foods, oh, and three, and three foods only yeah. for the rest of your life, what would they be? Yeah, I can't I, remember your your last answers. I, I feel like it was. No wait, don't don't say them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was like kumra, liver, and something else. Most it was likely, definitely, kale. yeah, kale. Yeah, liver was definitely one of them. Yeah, so my life life has moved on from there. <laughs> okay. So that that was you know as you know I, I yeah life's moved on from there. <laughs> <laughs> if I could only eat three food, I'm going to answer this from a different perspective. I'm not going to answer it from a nutritional perspective. Mm-hmm. So right, that answer right there I gave you. Was a that nutrition. was pure nutrition. They were the most nutrient dense foods. You yeah, could they were the most nutrient dense foods that met my, you know, like that that met the physical needs. Through. So I'm going to go a different way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go um, foods that are going to make me the happiest. Yeah. Okay. So which foods are going to make it? three foods? Is eat three foods. Which uh, salt and vinegar, salt and vinegar potato chips. Oh Ooh. yes, <laughs> that'd be one of yours, man. Yeah. 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 Salt and vinegar potato chips, and then we'll also go with. Um, Three foods. Come on, Ben. Something about that tang, hey? Oh, the, the perfect amount the of tang. Mm. Uh, peanut butter. Oh, yes. <laughs> Great. Smooth or crunchy. Yeah, and and I'm going to go with OMG bread. I know you probably haven't heard of OMG bread. No. OMG bread's Oh, my goodness bread. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness bread, yeah. We, yeah. That is in some stores up here. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Have, yeah. we, have we had it at home? Uh, once it's kind of oh, similar okay. to Midnight Baker, yeah, you know? yeah, and so it's just a, it's a real grainy, it's gluten free, it's it's so it kind of ticks some of the, but 
you know, toasted up with my peanut butter and oh. with some cider vinegar and salt and vinegar crisps on top. <gasps> I, 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 on I, top I, of the peanut butter. Saying, those are my three foods. So I can, like, I, I can like combine them all up and eat that three times a day for the rest of my life. You're I'm not going to live very long, but I am going to be pretty happy doing it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, well, well, that guy ate a Big Mac a day for like 30 years and he was, you know, he was alive. Yeah. Who's there? We're Who's very there? difficult to kill, Haven't fortunately. You said, yeah. That's <laughs> no, true. Yeah, true. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's in the uh, documentary, what is it called? Supersize Me. Yes. Yep. Supersize Me. <laughs> Gosh, that was and they, on that documentary. <laughs> and they talked to that guy who's had a Big Mac a day for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, he's possibly not healthy on the inside, but. He's alive. Well, there we you go. You know, so you can definitely survive on your bread and peanut butter and chips. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, on that note. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note, thanks so much, Hey, ben. you're welcome. Thanks Always for having me. Always great chatting with so you. So good to see you again. Thanks, Ben. All the best. Thanks for listening. Thank you indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Raw Collective. And for any updates on our podcast or any of the other podcasts under Raw, head to rawcollective.co or you can follow them on Instagram at raw underscore collective.co. But wait, before you go, please subscribe to our podcast and also rate it and review it. Leave a nice little message and leave a smiley face, maybe an emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Or tell your friends. It's super easy. It takes two seconds and it would mean so much to us. Bye. Bye.